0: Hi, I'm Stacey Shoemaker-Rowan, Editor-in-Chief of Hospitality Design Magazine with HD's What I've Learned podcast. Before the holidays, I sat down with hoteliers Alex and Carrie Vick of Vick Retreats. Their properties, primarily found in South America, sustainably immerse guests into their natural surroundings. In our illuminating conversation, the couple details how they first fell in love with Uruguay on family vacations before building a unique collection of properties there. They also share their passions for wine, art, and all the little details that seamlessly blend to create a truly special and memorable experience at their homes away from home. Hi, I'm joined with Alex and Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you both? Very well, thank you. Good, good. Excited to speak with you. So for the um, pod, we always start at the beginning. So maybe, Carrie, let's start with you. Where did you grow up and did you always know or have a love for design or hospitality from a young age? Um, Well, I grew up uh, my first 10 years in Washington State and
1: my uh, second 10, 12 years in the Boston area where I went to university. And, uh, then I moved to New York and I mean, not as a child, um, but as a teenager, I got very involved in art and photography and, um, started, you know, I think probably some interest in design and art and, um, but not really until, college when you know and then when alex and i met when we were in college we started kind of exploring a lot more um
0: no i love it um and alex what about you where did you grow up and same kind of question about art and hospitality
2: yeah so i am um, i was born in i'm norwegian but i was born in sweden and grew up in sweden until i was 14 and then from 14 to 18 i was living in the Canary Islands outside of Las Palmas in the Canary Islands. And my grandfather had an art auction business in Norway, the leading one. And so I was you know, exposed, not not that I was interested in them, but I was exposed indirectly all the time to art and design and things like that. And uh, so I was very interested in aesthetics. So I always like to say say the story so I when I was living in the Canary Islands, I'd never been to the US. And I saw the movie Love Story. And of course, Ellen McGraw is very attractive, very aesthetic, all about art and design, so I said so Harvard looked like a good place to go. So I applied, and they accepted me. I went there, and I went looking for Ali McGraw, and I found her in the in art and design and aesthetics of my wife Carrie. It was like an <laughs> Ali McGraw lookalike like beauty.
0: Oh, I love that! And uh, so, so what did you both study in college? I studied I was sociology, an
2: economics major.
0: Okay. Nothing um, to do with art and design. <laughs> no, nope, but that's fine. It's it's a better journey story. Um, and Alex, you actually were uh, went and you were on Wall Street, right, for a while after college.
2: Yes, in got the it. investment banking division, and then and then I became and a stockbroker.
0: Got it, got it. And uh, Carrie, what did you do after I graduated?
1: I went to work for General Electric in their computer services company. So you know. And I did that for six years. I was, you know, married when I stopped doing. I stopped working for GE. I decided that I didn't really want to be a corporate um, corporate person. So I wanted to do more entrepreneurial things, which I had done in college. I'd had a bit my own business in college, so kind of wanted to get back to that. I was looking forward. We were looking forward to having children, and I wanted a life that. Allowed me to be the kind of mother I wanted to be, as well as also professional person.
0: Got it. And where were you all living? Um, what were you all doing um, in terms of? I know our B- we moved to New York City right after we graduated.
1: Um, Alex was working for Lehman Brothers, and I took the job with GE in Manhattan. In Manhattan, so we lived in the Village. Uh, that was our first apartment. Was down in the Village. And that's when we really started, um, you know, going down to West Broadway on Sundays, sort of seeing the exhibitions. This was in the late 70s, early 80s. So that was a whole, there was a boom of art galleries and really funky happenings happening down there, which we really love to kind of just go on Sundays and walk around. And then we we started meeting people. We actually bought our first pieces of fine art. uh, in those early years, we met. A, a, I don't know was he a broker, Alex? I can't even remember what he was. But we we bought this guy named Barton Bennis. We bought a couple of pieces of his. We bought a Cristo. Um, so we started kind of dabbling a little bit. And we also were buying um, when we moved into our second apartment. Really, we we were um, we bought we started buying antiques like low cost antique furniture to furnish our apartment. And Alex's parents really were encouraging us to do that because we were living with my sister's hand-me-down college furniture. <laughs> <laughs> so we upgraded to the low, you know, low cost, like lower, lower Manhattan auction houses. There were two auction houses and every Saturday one or the other of them would have an auction. So we kind of really got into going to the auctions. It's a super exciting way to buy furniture. And then from there we kind of as we got older and more established, you know, we started moving into higher end art antiques and then more fine arts. Got it. Developed our interests that way. And also just, you know, yeah, very aesthetic and, you know, very keen on the aesthetics of things. So design became a big, a big, uh, focus for us in our, in our own lives at that point, nothing to do with
2: business, but in our own lives.
0: It was an exciting time in the art world. I mean, that must We didn't be-
2: really know it. We didn't understand it. Had we no. known it, had we known what we now know, we would have done things differently. But it was. And yeah, we would was, have bought was, everything
1: we would saw
2: <laughs> we saw. <laughs> no, but the, 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 you know, obviously in those days, you know, Soho was basically West Broadway. And there were, you know, a few galleries. And, uh, and if you went to the best ones and bought whatever they had, uh, which was all really good, you know, we, you would have been amazing. We didn't have enough money, so we were kind of like buying a little bit below that. And what we should have done is put all our savings into, you know, and bought a Lichtenstein or a Warhol or something like that. You
1: know. yeah. yeah, we should
0: have borrowed money to buy those things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, hindsight's always easier than when you're living Yes. But so. yes, um, so we had a lot of fun. It was really fun. I'm sure you did. And so, what eventually drew you to the hotel world? How did you end up um falling in love with hotels or wanting to be hoteliers How, What was that journey?
2: I mean I would say I was always involved with real estate from a very young age, so I was working on Wall Street, but it was also you know investing in real estate in Manhattan. I was buying up buildings and so and, uh, and my father was in the, had wasn't had been and wasn't the real estate business in the Canary Islands. So we got through through real estate. Really got involved with hotels and invested in you know, a number of hotels around the world. And uh, and then when we when we uh, started going to Uruguay after the year 2000, essentially we we started looking for a, a ranch that was close to um, to our beach house. It was such a you know romantic idyllic ranch life, and we found an amazing property where I where I am actually now. It's in it's in Tanajos Ignacio. It's four thousand acres on the lagoon and on the ocean. And, and we you know we wanted to build a, a home for ourselves there. But since, <clears throat> since we hardly ever went, we went basically for Christmas, New Year holidays, um, and but we had so many ideas about art and architecture and design and nature and. So in the end, we decided to make it much bigger and share it with the world, essentially at small hotels. So we did that for the first for the Estancia, and then we bought the best property in, in the peninsula of Jose Ignacio itself. So we sold our beach house, moved there, and then we built the same. So we have a, a ranch and a beach property um, 10 minutes from each other. I like to I like to say you can ride your horse from Jackson Hole to Saint Tropez. They're that different. You know? oh. And uh and then we you know we really got into this idea of all all the things that we, we like to do, which is architecture, nature, art, design, um and so forth. We're all incorporated into that. And we started working with Uruguay, we probably worked with, you know, a couple hundred artists by now. Uh, and we did another project called Bayavik, which is 500 yards down on the beach from Playa Vic in Jose Ignacio. Yeah, and then with the, the Chile, which is a winery uh, and hotel in, in, in uh, Chile, where we are, we, are, <coughs> we have it's 4,000, fo- uh, sorry, 11,000 acres. And there we have built an amazing winery with an architect, my name Radic, who was candidate for the Pritzker Prize as a result of the winery. It's really beautiful. Spent six years with him Designing and uh, and and building it, and then we built. We designed and built um, the two hotels, Vic Chile and Puro Vic. They sort of worked together, and sort of implementing it more and more of our ideas. So it's you know uh, been a really really nice experience. All of them have been recognized as sort of the best hotels in South America, if not the world. Vic huh. Chile was recognized as the best vineyard experience in the world by Wine Enthusiast magazine this year.
0: Amazing. I mean, yes, they're all beautiful. Um, so going back a bit, and then we'll go back forward, um, Uruguay, was, so was that a family vacation destination? Is that how you found it, or was that something that you all
1: loved? We went down um, the first time in 1987 when our first daughter was born. Alex's mother was actually Uruguayan, ah. but he had never been So his mother had moved to Norway as a teenager where her father was the ambassador to Norway from Uruguay. And then she had three children very quickly and really just sort of stayed. She went back once in a while, but she didn't take um, Alex. And uh, so when, you know, we had this first child, his grandmother was still alive, living in Montevideo, aunts and uncles and cousins, his parents living in Europe. And we said, okay, well, let's go. Let's go and see this country where your mother's from. Let's introduce our baby to its great-grandmother um, and the family. And so we did. We, we rented a house in a, for a month in Punta del Este, and his family all came, his brothers mm-hmm. <clears throat> his parents. And we just had a fabulous time. We just fell in love with the country of Uruguay. We went out to a cousin's Estancia for a few days. We drove out in the middle of the countryside with his brothers and his father and um, just fell in love with that whole culture of the Estancia life. And so then every time we had a child, we used it as an excuse to go back to Uruguay. So three years later, four years later, we kept going back. Our fourth child was born in 1998. And then we came back and then in 2000, we bought this little beach house in La Lara. And then we decided okay, every year, holidays, Christmas, New Year holidays, we are going to come to Uruguay. At the same time, his father bought a house in Punta del Este. So it became the family place for the Vic family to meet at Christmas time. Um, and But we always had, you know, we loved the beach. The beaches here are fabulous. The whole coast of the country is one long sand dune beach. Um, but we also, you know, had this idea of a ranch because of our experience the very first time coming to Uruguay and going out to this cousin's ranch. So we started looking for, in 2004, 2005, we started looking for a ranch property, but we wanted it to be close enough to the beach so that we wouldn't lose the beach and that we could kind of go back and forth and have our beach house and then have the ranch. And Alex was very keen on it, had to have a laguna on it because the lagunas on these lands are just incredibly spectacular. And so we found this land in Jose Ignacio, which was only 20 minutes from our then beach house in La Rara. So we bought the ranch here. And then we were, you know, we'd met these real estate brokers. They started showing us property in the village of Jose Ignacio, which we'd visited a little bit, you know, here and there, but we then ended up buying the second property. So then we had these two magnificent properties, one on the beach and one just five miles inland uh, with 4,000 acres And we thought, okay, well, we want to build houses for ourselves. And we had all these ideas and, you know, we're kind of, we spend a a fair amount of time talking about art and design and architecture and our love for those things. And so we had this very definite idea at the ranch to build a Spanish colonial style architecture structure. Um, And then at the beach, maybe doing something more contemporary. But again, as Alex mentioned, we were living in the Northern Hemisphere. Our kids at this point are going to school. So we had maybe three weeks a year where we could actually be in Uruguay during the summer, during the warm part of the year. So we we thought, okay, well, we'd started to see foreigners coming in. You know, before that, it was really just the Argentinians and the Uruguayans and sometimes Brazilians. But we started to see North Americans coming and some Europeans coming and our friends wanted to come and and you know visit because we raved about this country and there were really no nice hotels to stay in so we thought okay well let's do this let's build them bigger than we would for ourselves and let's offer them to this this public of travelers who you know want to come and explore this new place and we built them obviously bigger than we would have built them for ourselves but we used all of our design and art and architectural ideas in them. We had, when we first came to Uruguay, we'd started buying art. So we went to galleries and we met artists and, you know, all the things we were doing in New York, we started doing here. So we had a, we'd already started buying art and we had a group of artists that we really enjoyed and loved uh, what they were doing. So it kind of all just came together In this moment where we had this idea and we just ran with it and had so much fun and so much creative energy and the team around us and the artists and the architect and and the people of Uruguay just being very enthusiastic about what we were doing.
0: That's amazing. And so tell us, you know, about creating this first Home, you know, the ranch that um, Playa Vic that then, you know, turned into this amazing hotel. How did you merge design and architecture and how, because I know building something that really spoke to the landscape and spoke to where it was, was very important to you and it's continued on throughout your other properties. What was building that first one like and yeah. what, you know, what did you want to create?
2: Right, so the Estancia the Vic, where, where I am now, it was an, an homage to Uruguay. So that's so, so that's why we, we wanted to build a an estancia in the in the um, Spanish colonial style, sort of like <clears throat> like it has been here for a hundred years or two hundred years. So it's uh, and then really incorporating the nature around it. So this is super super beautiful between the rolling lands, the cattle, the horses, the the lagoon. So when you drive in here in the driveway, there. You know, you you have to slow down because there are all these horses that are walking around and cows, and you know it's very much like that. And it's and inside, so you, we have the traditional uh, Uruguayan design. the The roofs are all uh, tin roofs, and originally all the tin roofs in in Uruguay were sort of like a rust color red, and the reason was because in England, the rust proof. Uh, roofs that they bought they all had that one color because it was sort of rust color red so we went for that with the red with the white uh, walls inside the rooms all the artists we used here are are uruguayan so 100 percent of the artists there's sort of the, the feel of it um so even it the really, building
1: materials are local Uruguayan yeah. so building it was, materials. it
2: was very much about that uh, about uruguay then when we went to the to the beach which is playa Vic. In Ignacio, there we we decided we're going to bring the twenty first century to um, the beach, and so so the, the central building there is really a sculpture. There we worked with Carlos Ott who's a very well known Uruguayan architect. He works internationally, and and so the building is sort of is uh, anti gravity. Everything is cantilevered in at various at various degrees. So even with a pool is is just out of, uh, over the ground so it's, the pool itself is floating in in space so it, so and then around it we have six little houses with have grass roofs so very contemporary below that but above it's very organic and again on the beach but completely different feelings and there we brought some more international artists involved like James Turrell or um or Kiefer Sahadi, you know, a little different. So there we we, we blended the, the the international design art with the Uruguayan concept. And so in radically different feelings and experiences. So as you say, you can, you, as I said before, you can ride your horse from Jackson Hole to San Bay
0: Yes, I'm um, dying to travel. And so all this is making me very happy right now. <laughs> um uh and, you know, what was this collaboration like for you all as first time? I mean, I know you've you, you invested in other hotels, but actually developing something that was, you know, solely yours. What was it like working with local craftsmen and artists and the architect? And, I mean, um, is, is that, did that bug get in you that helped <laughs> you continue along? Because yeah. I know a lot of people just love the It process. was nice. We,
2: had, we actually, at we started with one architect who we didn't really... Didn't really think he, you know, because we have very, very clear and, you know, strong ideas of what we want to do. And obviously, we're not architects, so we need people to, to make the drawings to make it all work. The first architect, he didn't really get what we were trying to do, so we changed him to Marcelo D'Aglio, who's a local Uruguayan architect. And he's very good and he's very, you know, very much of a partner of ours and really very good at expressing in technical drawings, what we are trying to accomplish. So we did um, Playa Vic, sorry, Stansia Vic with him. Then we did another property, Vic, which was already started in part. And then we, we used him as well. And we used him for La Susana and we did this amazing pavilion. And also Vic Chile uh, for the hotel. We brought him to 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 um, Chile to work with him because he's, you know, he's very good at collaborating uh, with us. Yeah, so so that's just an all-around positive experience. And and uh, and the artists, you know, it's it's a t- tremendously engaging but also time-consuming uh, element because, for example, in Chile, we, we didn't really have any contacts in the art world. We ended up meeting maybe 200 artists. We would go to their, you know, first we would go to art galleries, museums, and sort of network with other artists. Then we go visit them at their ateliers and see what they were doing, and we always want to find artists who are really open to collaborating, because it's not we're not just buying hard and hanging. It's, it's more a collaboration of uh, site specific installations, and then we chose the end of forty artists, uh, some of the from two hundred to forty, and then we worked with them over, you know, a couple year period to to uh, perfect it all. So that's very enjoying it, enjoyable and energetic experience.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it 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 was extremely inspirational to work with all these artisans and artists and it it you know, these projects feed our passion. So we have these passions for art, design and architecture and I mean we've been able to create these beautiful properties with all of our ideas some of them are pretty crazy and you know we but it just fed it just fed our passions and fed this inspiration and um and we you know and then you're you're dealing with all these very creative people so you feed off of each other and there just becomes this great collaboration as alex said but in a in such a creative way everyone has really everyone involved i mean if you ask any of the the, the people that we've been involved with doing these projects with they just a, they've just been a really great um great moment for people and all of us and and it it just bonded bonded so many people in a in a very special way to be part of these projects
0: and speaking of crazy ideas can you tell <laughs> talk a little bit about the building at Pirovic cuz i know that was yeah. I mean, it's it, it's just architecturally stunning how it moves and shapes. But I know that was you know, that was an undertaking. Um, so, can you talk a little bit about that for our listeners? Are you talking
1: about Vic Chile with the undulating titanium? Yes, the undulating. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. So we had this idea. We 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 wanted to build a a glass hotel because. The views, you know, we wanted we wanted it to be like you were living in the nature and you were living in this amazing vineyard and eleven thousand acres of land. And we had the site already chosen on the top of a hill, so you would have three hundred and sixty degree views of this of this beautiful landscape and nature. And so the walls had to be glass. And then Alex and I, you know, sitting at home one night, just debating. Okay, well, what are we going to do with the roof? Do you do a flat roof? Like many architects have done that in the past. Or do we do something more interesting? And at Playa Vic, we had done this titanium roof. Um, and, you know, there we thought, okay, well, let's, Alex is like mad about Richard Serra and 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 Frank Gehry architecture. And um, so we thought, well, let's do something where it's really about the wind and the mountains that are around us. So we went into this process of designing with Marcelo D'Aglio this this undulating, beautiful titanium uh, titanium structure for the roof, which was quite an undertaking. Alex, you can comment yeah, on I mean, that. because
2: Yeah. So, 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 you know, the vineyard is all about the terroir. We're trying to make, you know, the, the terroir of, of Vic and Miawe, Chile. And we're trying to grow the perfect grape to make one of the greatest wines of the world, if not the greatest. So, we're very, very focused on the terroir of the place. So, one of the that also led to why we when we did architectural competition for the winery we only invited uh, Chilean architects and in the Anselmi Radic won that competition. So for the roof, this undulating sculpted roof, originally our idea was to do it in copper, which copper. is sort of the very Chilean material. very much, very much about Chile, but technically it was just very challenging. It's unbelievably hot, you know, and um, and the local Chilean guys wanted to do a, a a wooden structure to hold it. So between the wooden structure and the incredibly hot copper, and it was uncertain of how it was gonna behave over time, uh, both in in shape and color, so then that's when we, we switched to this idea of doing it in titanium, and in Miao means place of gold. So in, instead, we decided to, to make it in a bronze shade, shaded, sort of golden shaded uh, titanium. And then we needed to find somebody who could actually build this. And we ended up in Spain. So the people who actually had built the um, Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao using, you know, Richard, uh, Frank Gehry's shapes and titanium, they built the, the roof in Spain and then disassembled it, and then shipped it to to um, Chile. And it was assembled, so the whole structure was uh, installed, and then on top of that, galvanized uh, steel, and then to, and then on top of that, the titanium uh, uh, surface panel. So that, that's what creates the whole roof, and it needs to be incredibly precisely done, especially when... When the shapes are are bending and never straight, it makes it even you know from a technical engineering point of view much more challenging. that's why the precision of the Spanish company was essential.
1: It was remarkable to watch them
2: install this roof. I Absolutely, know.
0: I was like, remarkable. "Do you have a time lapse of how it all like yeah. <laughs> went?" I through. wish. Yeah, um, have so lots amazing of photographs. And also, I mean, I know you also put a lot of time and effort into. Um, the wine as well. I mean, was that another passion of yours that you wanted to explore or something you kind of fell into?
2: I mean, I, I always I always loved art, agriculture, working the land, growing vegetables, fruits, things like that from childhood. And, um, you know, here in South America and in the Uruguay, it's so beautiful. And I'd spent, you know, a lot of time in France and uh, I had, was very in, interested in the concept of terroir. You know what is, you know, in Bordeaux, for example, you, ha, you know, you have completely unknown vin, uh, wine, uh, vineyard, and then the next one's incredibly famous, and the next one unknown, and then famous, and then, so it's, it seemed very random. Why is it that this particular property produces this great wine, and the other one neighbor doesn't? So, I really, started studying that, and then. Um, when we spent, started spending a lot of time in South America, we set out a challenge to find the best terroir, for the best red wine. So we put together a scientific team to spend two years analyzing the wine-growing regions so Uruguay, Argentina, Chile, and southern Brazil, to, to find the, what they thought was the best place in South America to make the best red wine, you know, something that could be on par with the great wines of the world. And um after two years but they found this area of Chile, which is in Miao, which is two hours south of Santiago, a valley that didn't have vineyards. It was next to one with many, but in itself it didn't really have vineyard. And we spent another year analyzing that all kinds of scientific methods and then decided that um okay, this is the place where we had a chance to make one of the world's greatest wines. And so in two thousand six we purchased it and started clearing and planting all from scratch. And um and it's agriculture, so it takes time, but uh, we're seeing incredible progress. And now after, um, you know, it's the, the oldest wines are 14 years old and the youngest are six years old, which is very young for wild wine. But we're already, I call it maybe most, already at a young, precocious age, they're creating just amazing wines. And I'm very, I'm confident that it's, uh, we're going to achieve our objective to make some of the best wines in the world.
0: Are those birds behind
1: you?
2: <laughs> yes, they yes, <Sarah.
0: laughs> make a are, lot of noise here. We are in nature. I love it. Um, and so I know design is a huge part and architecture is a huge part in the hotel experience. But also, I mean, you guys have gotten many awards too, just for the overall experience at your hotel. So how do you think about that? What, you know, are they it, are these really extension of your homes as people come in? Talk to me about your service and just creating experience.
1: From from the very inception of the idea of these making these hotels, it was very important for us to create um, an experience for our guests that was like they were coming to stay in our homes. So, um, you know, you would be you you're coming to our home. You're staying in this beautiful property with our what our aesthetic of art and design and and architecture in terms of, you know, beautiful, elegant places, but you would have all the services of the best hotel in the world, but you never really feel like you're in a hotel. So we went out in search of, of management of a hotel person who could, um, who could, who could actually bring that experience to fruition. And we found Max Brocken, and Max joined us um, as we were opening Estancia Estensivik. So joined us very, very early, and really has been able to believed in that concept, and also then was able to build a team who really delivered that that experience for our guests. Um, and if you ask, you know, what we <laughs> I've been very pleased. And I'd say at the beginning, a little bit surprised when, you know, you talk to guests, when we would come to visit, you talk to guests and they would say, it feels like you're, we're staying in your home. Thank you for opening your home to us. And they really, um, he was able to really build that, um, that idea and concept, um, with our guests. So I think that's, that's been extremely important to what we've been, what we tried to, to build from the very, very beginning.
2: And I would say I would add to that and by saying that, we, you know, we created beautiful physical environments that are very nice, but but you need the human warmth to make it all what what it should be. So, and we try very much you know, to have an informal service. We have a lot of young people, uh, and um, what I like about that is that they're in the ones you know, we try to find people who who are very eager and positive, and even if they don't have. A long experience in hotel services, but they're they're just so keen to please the guests and they become friends with the guests. It's not a servant position it's more like a friend helping out your your you know your friend in a, in a very respectful but in an eager way to try to make him feel as good as possible so it's very different from a to so say a four season type of experience which is much more structured and formal and the same around the world here we're trying very much to be and you know, we have we have you know super sophisticated uh, distinguished guests who are, end up embracing the staff when they leave and
1: or at the end so of dinner. Yeah,
2: that but, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's a nice it's a nice feeling where they where where it's a so we say a collegial reciprocal relationship with the guests
0: well and I think I mean this is where I I think travel was headed or going way before COVID, but I think, you know, post COVID and correct. I'm curious your thoughts. I think meaningful travel or that personal travel will mean even more, right. Just because people haven't been able to travel. So I think you, you've you done so well already, but I think places like yours will be even more sought out.
1: Well, we hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> calling but it. it-, it- <laughs> yeah, well, I, I hope you're right, but and I think I think you you know you're you're on something there because people do want that personalized service. I mean, it is a different world, and it's I mean it'll go back. A lot of it will go back, but then some things have changed. And I think when when you feel very comfortable where you're going with an environment that you feel you have, you know, some there's sort of a a controlled more controlled environment than a big hotel complex um and real personalized experience uh i think it it feels probably feels better for a lot of people to come um and we had a lot of people wanting to come this year to uruguay and chile has opened so that that that's possible but um you know uruguay has been been really closed down mostly and we had so many people who wanted to come because they felt like they could come here and quarantine in their own way and they could feel safe in this environment knowing what we provide um, and you know I, it, next year will be a new year for us and and we're looking forward to to welcoming back our guests our our, our repeat guests and welcoming a lot of new guests
2: no interesting thing in Chile. Because you know the Chilean borders were, were closed for a long time, uh, Chileans who traditionally travel abroad uh, needed, they couldn't go anywhere, so they started looking internally so as soon as we, we opened, we actually had uh, we were full with Chileans who who suddenly discovered, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> this is an amazing hotel, the amazing experience two hour drive from Santiago, so on the weekends it's you know it's uh, absolutely. Full, so it's uh, so that's been a, a nice, a nice part of it that that the the locals have had to focus a little bit more on the what's available locally, where in the, in the past probably, you know, seventy percent or eighty percent of, of our guests were international.
0: Yeah, now that's a nice silver lining because you we talk a lot about you know drive-in destinations or you know are, mm-hmm. bo- quote unquote booming, um, but doing well. So it's nice to hear that yeah. that's also happening uh, in Chile, and. What has the last nine months been like for you all? Um or ten months now, um, as hoteliers? What what has been some of the, the greatest challenges uh throughout, you know, the COVID
2: World. I say taking care of big, our team. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's the biggest the challenge. You know, you have a huge team and many people and it's you know, no one no 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 work and no revenues and you know, Super that's a big challenge. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel, um, in 2021. And so you have six hotels now in your portfolio. Do you have growth plans? Do you have things that you want to do next? Or is it kind of just this year has been tough enough and you're waiting to see what happens or tell me about what's next for you all.
1: I mean, I, I would say the first thing is to get everybody up and running again. Um, you know get us back on track and get our teams back working and and um but it you know at the same time i mean having a moment to kind of reflect on things is also a good a good thing for us um i mean we're always looking for new opportunities um you know building milan has been a, just a great experience for us um having our first city hotel in a great city like milan um, oh, yes
0: can you talk about that a little bit cuz i love yeah. how I mean, that really brings out your love for art. Not that the other hotels Mm -hmm. do, but just talk about how you, you know, each floor has a, you know, it's an artist and, or look and feel. Can you kind of talk through that a bit? I mean, you know, we, we just,
1: we found this amazing opportunity in the Galleria Vittorio Emanuele, which is in the heart of of Milan,
2: they, 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 call, they it call it the it living, living room. room of Milan.
1: But it, and it joins the Scala Square to the to the Duomo Square, and it was uh, built as the first shopping center in the world. So where the original and still the first um, Prada store is there, um, and many many others. And we were had this opportunity to take a whole section of the of the Galleria and create a hotel, um, and it you know. It's, we did a lot of work. Um, We put basically virtually every new, every bathroom is new. We created different spaces where they had some enormous, there had been a hotel there. And so we were recreating spaces, making um, rooms more to what we thought the market wanted. Um, but, But really focusing on creating a real art and design hotel in the city of art and design. And I think that for us was just a huge challenge and just really inspirational. And then again, you know, we didn't know many Italian artists, um, so we started meeting many, 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 many. You know, we we're working with a hundred um, Italian and international artists who are mostly living in in Italy at this point. But that just was a fantastic, um, fantastic eye opening experience. And uh, and then creating this hotel in this in this historic building where literally, as you said, every floor is is a different architecture. So you go from the first floor where our our restaurant is, these beautiful arches in the in the dining room and the restaurant area, and then you go to the second floor with these huge double height ceilings, is fantastic, enormous four meter high windows. By sort of French doors. And then the third floor has, has its own, um, has balconies. And then you go to the fifth floor, which is actually above the structure of the, these glass and iron structure of the Galleria. And that structure was designed by the same architect that designed the Eiffel Tower. So you have we all of beautiful filigree work crystal yeah, eiffel you know all this beautiful filigree and iron and glass and so you're up above that so you actually get to see that amazing architecture from above um with and then the fifth floor actually also has many of the rooms have their own terraces so the architecture from floor to floor is very different from room to room is very different from 201 to 301 to 401 to, they are all different um, So it was, you know, there was a big challenge because was 89 rooms. And so we had to design 89 rooms and buy furniture for 89 rooms and, and, and come up with different concepts for 89 rooms. But it's what we've been doing for the last more than 10 years. And, and we find inspiration where we are and from people around us and, and um, from our experiences. So we just, it just kind of feeds into this, into that new project, and it, it, I'd say it was it was hard. It was really, uh, you know, doing eighty nine rooms in the middle of a city, in Alex, what nine months or something was kind of completely crazy. Um, but and I broke my foot in the middle of it. I mean, it was just like all oh, this was really a pretty intense experience. But it's fantastic, and and the results are, I, I'd say, just. So different from anything we've done before because we've always built new construction, but really, really spectacular.
2: We, you know, one of the fun things about the corridor so, so in, in the second floor, we worked with uh, our artist, Uruguayan artist living in New York, uh, who painted 3,000 square feet of paintings. So, they're usually mm-hmm. uh. Six feet tall. So times, uh, was it three uh, three hundred? Yeah, uh, sorry, one hundred fifty meters. Yeah, meters so it's four, Yeah, so it's six like feet tall by four hundred fifty feet. feet. So the whole the whole corridor essentially is from beginning to end is all of her artwork. And then on the on the third floor, we um, did it's uh, basically a. Carrie conceived of this flag uh, art, essentially messages on the walls using you know, flag Secret signals. Secret messages. Na- nauti- <laughs> Nauticals flag signals in maybe 80 different paintings. And I did uh, a conceptual art of roughly 80 different paintings in color... S- color chart. Different, yeah. And then on the fifth floor, it's a, it's a... Combination of various artists, many of them Uruguayan, but also uh, a, a Norwegian friend, artist friend of ours, who did this paintings. All the na- nail polish and and hairspray, they're all in white, and you can only see them under black light. So when you go into the corridor, as you approach his section, you know the black lights come on, and the light and the paintings light up. It's, you know it's very. Very nice experience, unique for hotels. So that, you know yes. when you go in there, and then in the reception, when you, when you arrive in reception, we have a monumental sculpture of the uh, of the thinker by Rodin, uh, surrounded by uh, contemporary mural frescoes. So it's all very different from from what you you know what you would normally see in a in a hotel.
0: Yeah, and how do you how do you meet all these artists, and then how do you decide who you work with? I mean, is it just a feeling? Is it just, you know, how their art speaks to you? Is it a multiple th- multitude of things?
2: Yeah. I mean, I would say all of those, but an important component is that they're, you know, some artists just do their thing and that's it. So we're really looking for artists who are willing to collaborate, who who really get into the whole idea of creating, you know, art, you know, a site specific Installations so and in, in working with us, and you know, some of them come and paint on the walls. In addition to painting the paintings, they come on, on on there and paint the walls. And you know, some of them all of the walls, some of them part. It's and you know, and we re, so we really want to engage with them, not just. It's not a passive; it's a very active relationship. So that's a critical part to the choice. But before that, their art has to. We have to like it. It has to mean something to us, and, it's, and something that can work for the guests. Sometimes. You know, we have, in Mil- in Milano, we have a hundred different artists. Right. And, it's, you know, it's, and not all guests going to like the same thing. So sometimes you get people who don't like it. And, you know, oh, I want to switch to another room. Or yeah. sometimes there are people who like it so much they want to buy all the paintings in the room. So it's very, you know, you don't know. But it's the, but we are challenging the, the shall we say, the pushing the edge of the envelope in terms of experiences.
0: Right. And I love that you weren't afraid to use color and pattern. I mean, it's it's bold and daring, but you know, exciting at this at all at the same time. So I commend you. Yeah, on thank that. you. Thank you.
1: I mean, it, it really is about pushing this envelope. When you stay in a week retreat, you're you're really going into these environments that are not necessarily what you would live with. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they are, are something different, but it is about the experience. So it's not just a human, it's the human experience, but it's also the physical experience of being there and sort of exploring your, what, you know, your, your own likes and dislikes. And we're, you know, our websites, we try to show people the rooms because we know that there are some that um, people maybe are you know would prefer to stay in and some that they would prefer not to stay in so we really do encourage people to, to explore our websites to understand what they would like to be what what their experience what they would like their experience to be i should say
2: right but it's very nice because you can you can you know name elona you can come 89 times have seen see okay. 89 different things exactly and we notice now that yeah uh, that as guests ca- or become repeat guests they actually Ask for particular rooms. It's not like a type of room or suite or no, no, they want to know I want room X, and every room has a has a name uh, for the artists. so they want I want to be in like we were in Chile in the Hiroshiki we have, we we love Japanese design and in Chile we have not only artists but also a conceptual theme for each room and so you know my our daughter was staying in hiroshige but she had to move out because the particular guests arriving. One of that particular room, and that's very nice to see that people engage.
1: Yeah, and then then we had just a, a nice story. Well, we were in Chile just just recently, and um, uh, a couple were they were coming for a long weekend from Brazil, and he was going to ask to marry him at the Chile. So they and he asked he wa- he had to stay in Letras. And I think that he had studied the website and he'd seen this glass house and he really responded to it. And that's where he asked his fiance, you know, he asked his girlfriend to marry him. And um, it's like all weekend long, you know, this lovely couple running around doing things together and just so excited about their new life together. Oh, I
2: love this that. This fall, we've had all, already this fall, we've had 12 marriage proposals at Big Chile. What?
1: Yeah. 12. <laughs> yes.
2: This fall.
1: Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, Chilean and and Brazilians.
2: <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Uh, speaks to your properties. Uh, how is it working together? Um, how do you two work together? Um, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Well, you know, you see all met- my
2: bruises. Can you see all my bruises here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we met a long time ago. You know, we were like we were twenty years old when we met. So we kind of have grown up together and, um, we've, you know, we have, I'd say, you know, in the beginning working together, um, we kind of started working together on some real estate projects before we started the hotels. So there were times where that was, you know, something I had to get used to the, di- the separation between an emotional relationship with somebody and a kind of more business relationship. Um, I think these projects, because we both are so keen on the, the creative side and of the things we love. Um, was just fun projects for us to be involved together. And we kind of separated out, you know, we both are very involved in all aspects of these projects. We did separate, separate out. Alex really focused a lot on the architecture with the, with the architect, the architects. And, you know, I always had my say in the architecture and the same when it came to the interior design and, and I, took the lead on the interior design and the buying of all the furniture and things, but he definitely had input and always, a you know, right of refusal. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then the art, you know, we both would go to visit the artists together. Sometimes he would go without me because I was working on, you know, something in the hotel or whatever. Um, and but we always both met the artists and kind of decided together where, whether we were going to use this particular artist or not. Um, you know there there's always a lot of compromising in any relationship, and for sure when you're doing these projects together you you have to learn to <clears throat> decide what's important to you and what's not important and sometimes he gives and sometimes I give on my on my feelings about something, um, but in general, we have thankfully I guess that's why we're still together um, <laughs> you know we've we've really enjoyed the process. Of working on these projects together,
0: yeah. And is there a p- part of the process that you love? I find with hoteliers or designers um, that there's one part that still. I mean, I, I know you love the entire process, but there's one part that still like gets them, you know, out of bed or most excited about. I mean, um, for
1: me, you know, I really, I really do. I love. Buying furniture, I buy you know anything from antiques. I buy bought a ton of mid century furniture from Italy and from the U.S. and various designers. So I've learned a lot about that whole um, field. Um, lots from auctions um, all over the world, literally all over the world. A lot of Swedish furniture as well, um, Danish. Um, I love fabrics, so, you know, there's so many beautiful fabrics in the world. Um, I also really like to think about the human experience of what we're creating. I really like to get involved with that. When we're in the process of building, I have to focus on just the building and because it's just is so intense and we try to do them in a very short period of time so they become even more intense. Um, and then once that starts to settle down, then then I like to... Sort of really get involved with the team on, on the marketing and the human experience and the you know what we want to offer to our guests.
2: Right. I would say that I'm you know what most get most engaged in the aesthetics. So shall we say the emotional and intellectual experience of the aesthetics. So whether it's the architecture, art, the design, the proportions, you know the the whole that whole is really what 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 i probably motivates me the most
0: and uh okay so we always end this podcast on uh the title of the of the pod um what i've learned so what have been or what is your greatest lesson learned along the way or greatest takeaway from uh from building this amazing collection that you all have built
1: for me it's you know following your passion creates wonderful things you know it's just you you see that in in all aspects of life and business when people put their passion towards what they do they tend to create something really special
0: love it and alex
2: oh you know i would i would completely agree with that i mean the the if if you're working on something you love to do you you'll do a good good job i would say one other thing is which we should been, you know we didn't set out to make this you know, we, we we set out to make beautiful things, the best possible experience that we. It wasn't. We didn't do a return of investment calculation like you you might if it was strictly commercial. But if you create beautiful things, the the, the commercial success follow, follows because the the clients respond to it. And one of the big dividends that I get is you know when I go to as I was in Chile and you know. Somebody will, you know. Normally, I like to say meet the guests, and this time because of COVID, everybody's keeping their distance, including myself. So, but I was sitting around like seven a.m. working in the living room, and this gentleman comes up to me and says, "Oh, you know, are you Mr. Vic? Yes. Oh, I'm I'm Jao from you know Sao Paulo, and I love this. is amazing. This is a gift. We come every time. The wine is great. Everything's great." thank you so much for doing this, As, you know, it uh, has added so much to our life. We can't, and you know, I had one other guy who who, who was thanking me for t- contributing to mankind. And so, you know, you, you get tremendously, you know, good feeling. Every person you speak to is like, oh, wow, everything is so great. So that, you know, is a big, big reward uh, from all the work that we put into it
0: yeah i could imagine well and i think too just the way you've approached it right like sustainability matters like working with the uh creating something that's with the land you know I, just the whole ethos of what you've
2: created in, yeah in, in in chile i was i was you know also early in the morning i was you know we had this concept that the vineyards are the gardens and the rest is you know and they're beautiful and everything outside of the building is nature and and that's beautiful in of itself and so we have an incredibly beautiful garden in the middle but outside we don't do anything it is nature and you you know you hear guests walking around and say, my god these people really need to do some more landscaping <laughs> uh, this is not this is looking a little rough and i you know i don't uh, yeah i feel like i want to go up to them and explain to them the idea but sometimes it's hard when when you actually let just take sustainability in nature to to the limit and pe- some people don't really get it
0: looking back did you ever think you know creating this one ranch like property would turn into what it has turned into today no i mean
1: i guess not not really you know we were doing we were starting the wine business at the same time we were starting estancia vic and you know we could kind of see that a way you know to sell the wine and to build the brand of Wines would be to get people to come and visit so there was always this you know idea that maybe someday we would build a hotel there um but we didn't really know where it was going to take us because literally we just did them as you know these projects for our for love and we didn't really understand the response we would get from the public and from the media as well um, we really didn't understand that. And when we saw that, it was like, wow, we've really got something here. You know, we could really do something with this. And then, um, we went from there. Um, but again, it was following our passions and the passions led to something pretty special.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time, uh, to talk with us today. Just loved hearing your story and, uh, Can't wait till we can travel again to come see your properties in person. Please come. Yes, we all Come
2: visit as soon as possible. We will. We will.
0: Thank thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Enjoy the snow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Hospitality Design's What I've Learned. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find full episodes and transcripts at hospitalitydesign.com.